Hey everybody, welcome to our podcast, Crag Gals, where we are gals talking about crags. My name is Carolyn. Um, I'm a third year film major here at Penn State University, and I'm joined by... Who are you? Hello, I'm Emma, <laughs> the co-host for this podcast. Current third year at Penn State studying biology and marine science. Yeah, we out here. Um, Emma, what's our spontaneous fun fact for today? Today we're talking about our favorite movies. My favorite movie is called... The Royal Tenenbaums, and it is by, in my opinion, the coolest director ever, Wes Anderson. He does he make makes, really good movies. Yeah, he makes all of his films very symmetrical, and it's they're filmed almost like on old school film, mm-hmm. which I love the aesthetic of. Mm-hmm. So that's my favorite movie. Yeah, um, there's actually a very famous um, like in in movie making, you have these things called shots. So like right now, I'm looking at you. This, like if my eyes were like a camera lens, you would be considered a mid shot because I could see like everything like above your chest. Um, there is a very specific um, shot from that Wes Anderson kind of like titled. It's called the cowboy shot. It's basically a mid shot where you can see like e- like above the person's chest, but you can also see like everything kind of like from their hips up. Hmm. And like their cowboy belt. Yeah, like the cowboy belt. <laughs> it comes from like Wes and like the cowboys like putting like their, right. their hands on the guns. Yeah. Um. So yeah, fun fact of the day. Cool. My fun fact, my favorite movie is Forrest Gump, directed by Robert um, Zemeckis or whatever. Zemeckis. Zemeckis. <laughs> this is my first time ever hearing of him. That's so funny. I feel like he's a pretty pretty popular director. I don't know. I don't I don't know. Like I've never really like I I consider this too. Like the first time I watched this movie, like I was six years old. Ah, so <laughs> I was not too interested. That's in, like, completely understandable why you wouldn't know the director at yeah. six. Um, and I just kind of like I have probably the whole movie memorized. Like That's if awesome. you started playing it now, I could probably tell you almost every single line. <laughs> That's great. Beginning to end. Very cool. Yes. All right. So, um, on to our climbing news of the section. So. Um, over the weekend, we had the 2022 IFSC Asian Championships, um, similar to the world, uh, not the world championships, the European Championships that took place earlier this summer. Um, there were um, two main competitions for Boulder and Lead, and also a speed, um, a speed uh, kind of competition on its own at the championships. Um, the main thing that I wanted to talk about was the famous, the everlasting, the absolute wonder of female climbing kim jayam um came back out from retirement after being in retirement for almost like three years i think that's she, cool she, she retired in like 2019 um and for those of you who don't know who, don't know who kim jayan is she is the former lead world cup champion hmm. um in 2010 2013 and 2014 she is most notable though for winning the asian championship 14 times in 15 years. Dang. Um, wow. Yeah. That's almost like a 100% win rate. Yes, correct. That's... She, wow, that's impressive. Yeah. She's very well known for taking her time um, while climbing. She's very well known for having this grace and this style while climbing. She's very... Like, I was watching her climb before this episode started, like, before you showed up to the studio. And... um she reminds me a lot of how like Mike climbs from from Climb That Me. I don't know if you've yeah, seen Mike just climb. people who really know what they're doing, and it's clear they've been climbing for years and years and years because it's just like 
a, a sixth sense to them. Well, yeah, and not only that, but like Mike climbs like with this certain like grace where everything is very well thought out. Mm. Everything is it's very like fluid. Slow. Yeah, and very like precise. And I developed a lot of my climbing style, I hope, um, from Kim Giant. And it was so cool to see her like on Instagram, like from like Ally Jane, and she was like. I competed in the Asian Championship. I was like, what? Like, you're back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, she uh, retired in, in 2019 and moved on to coaching uh, Seo Cheong, um, who is another famous um, Korean climber. Um, and actually, Kim, uh, or sorry, Giant, uh, Kim Jayan actually made it to the lead finals in the 2022 Asian Championships and even competed against her mentee, Seo Cheong. Um Ended up with a bronze medal after not competing for like how many years has it been since twenty? I keep saying two, but it's, it's like been like like four, three, yeah, three, three years, yeah. So, um, Seo, I think, yeah, Seo won gold. Um, another person named Oh Geong uh, won silver, and Kim Jian won with bronze in the women's lead final. Very cool. So shout out to my girl Kim, <laughs> you the real G. Um, That's awesome. So yeah, Emma has a story. Emma, what's your story? I do, yeah. So this new story comes from uh, climbing.com, which is part of the Outside Magazine umbrella of media outlets. Mm -hmm. Um, So Outside Magazine uh, and climbing.com just launched a new fundraising platform called Find Your Good. And the intention of Find Your Good is to bring forward nonprofits that are giving back to the outdoor community and basically making the outdoors more accessible. Um, So within Find Your Good, they have different sections that you can find nonprofits through. So they have a climbing section, a cycling section, a healthy living section, um, hiking and camping, running, sustainability, and winter sports. And so if you go to their website and you go to each uh, webpage they have that's dedicated to a specific activity. They have a bunch of different nonprofits listed that are doing really good work for the greater outdoor community. And I think it was, it's cool that Outside is making this a more prevalent thing in our community by, by really promoting those nonprofits because they're doing a lot of good work for the outdoor spaces. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So basically, they're like a nonprofit that kind of like shows other nonprofits like in these kind of like areas yeah so i don't think i don't think climbing.com and outdoor magazine is a non-profit because they are a magazine company and they mm-hmm. i think they do produce revenue and build from that oh it's from climbing okay yeah mm-hmm. so they have started their own fundraising platform that like spotlights um nonprofits. so awesome. i just thought it was cool to put on our listeners radar just because it is a great way to find nonprofits yeah that are doing some good things for the outdoor community um and just you know scrolling through this here within climbing they've already listed access fund which everyone is sort of familiar with mm-hmm. and then there's another company called paradox sports that provides rock and ice climbing experiences for adaptive athletes um so again that's just making climbing and the outdoor space is more accessible so yeah awesome yeah good stuff good stuff um so yeah that kind of covers like our climbing news section um and then now on to our kind of weekly accident section um 
so there is no real we- there is no real accident this week um mainly because we 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 both hate talking about death sometimes um, yeah i feel like every <laughs> single climbing accident story has death in it and i just we i don't want that morbidity on this podcast this is a positive space so while climbing is dangerous i feel like there should be some happy positive news out there like i don't know i, I just find the a lot of a dark place uh, <laughs> i'm trying to resist <laughs> staying in my bubble now nah, you're fine um but we did kind of both because we've both climbed at uh donation rocks um, which is our, our local crag, crag here yeah. in State College. It's in the township of Donation. I thought so it was Huntington. Uh, Hunter's Rock is in Huntington, oh, but Donation okay. Rocks is in the town of Donation, which is about 40 minutes from here. Yeah, um, and we got um, our, our local access fund representative, Ken Hall, mm-hmm. uh, recently emailed um, everybody who's ever climbed at uh, Donation because you have to sign like a waiver there before you uh, actually climb. Um, basically talking about, um, some really disturbing anchors that he's seen, hmm. um, while he's kind of been up yeah, there. Yeah, I, up I there a do lot. remember reading that email. Yeah, um, I was like, why is Ken Hall emailing me at this time? <laughs> um, let me kind of, like, read the email if my wife could work. Okay. Greetings, Donation Rock Climbers. As your crag ambassador and care person, I want to mention something about the anchors, especially for top rope. Um, just in the last week, I've encountered two different groups at Donations who uh, top rope anchors were at the least problematic, at worst deadly. I cannot stress enough the importance of proper, functional, and safe anchor- anchors. I'm sorry, but YouTube is not the only resource for anchor building, and in fact, some are totally incorrect. Your anchor is your life. Would you trust a surgeon if their only education came from watching a YouTube video? Hopefully not. It's a very interesting point there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he kind of talks about um, a little bit more about like if you're new or like if you're a beginner climber who's just kind of going from the kind of more gym aspect to suddenly going outdoors, it's so important that um, you have proper training mm-hmm. um, in yes. terms of having in terms of like having to build anchors um, before you go outdoors and just kind of like build them yourself. Because even we like I especially know because I work at a climbing gym. I see people sometimes who buy either like a Grigory or buy like a Smart or a Pilot online and they just kind of look up how to use it and then I have to fail them for a belay test but then they're like, but this YouTube Yeah, and if we're even seeing that in climbing gyms, Mm -hmm. imagine what people think they can do outdoors. Like it's on a whole other level, you know? Yeah. Um, I know from personal experience, getting into outdoor versus feeling completely comfortable setting up my own anchors that process took about a year before I really felt like I could bring a group of friends who are unable to set up anchors and bring them to a crag and climb outdoors Mm -hmm. like that process from not even knowing what an anchor was to feeling secure like it it took a decent year or at least a better half of a year Mm -hmm. um and that's just because took it seriously and, and yeah. wanted to make sure that I was doing things correctly but it's you know interesting to me that Ken has seen people in the area you know not doing things correctly and I think you know props to him for doing his part and making sure that everyone is safe by making the fact that we need to be safe or you know yeah not yeah <laughs> I'm I'm losing my words here but what I'm trying to say <laughs> is thank you Ken for uh just you know being a student of the community making sure people are doing yeah doing good things definitely shout out to ken um i've you know talked with ken a lot i'm you know i see him a lot at climb Nittany. uh he's a really cool guy and just like having to see this email and being like oh shit 
there's people at climb that or at donation like not building anchors and even though donation isn't really like the highest crag that you and I have ever been to, you would have climbed on a Grand Teton. So like, I'm <laughs> this is true. I did that. I, that was that was that is a a separate beast that I that I did not do most of the yeah. setup for. But yes, technically yeah. I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but still, like the fact that it, like you know too, like if if Ken Ken is like a very like laid back person, like if he has to send out, like an email to everybody, that's true. You know it's bad. Um, he obviously never sent any pictures or like called anybody out, course, which yeah. is like you know very like it's important to keep know. it anonymous. Yeah, but this is just kind of like our kind of saying to like please go seek out instructional mm-hmm. knowledge before you start taking yourself and your friends out to climb because the last thing you want to do is to either create a system where you betray yourself. And, you know, you fall and you can get severely hurt or you put your belayer in a really wacky position because they belay you and all of a sudden your anchor fails there. They couldn't have done anything to do it to stop it anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah. you know, adding on to that, the number one like reason for injury in outdoor climbing is due to incorrect repelling. Oh, is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of comes you know in the same realm as knowing how to set up a proper anchor if Mm -hmm. if you don't know these skills that can translate poorly um Mm -hmm. and what i found is that the climbing community tends to be very open to helping everyone learn Mm -hmm. and um it you know it's often that you find people who outdoor climb at your local gym and you can even ask them tips or tricks or Mm -hmm. you know even on the best day maybe have them take you out outdoor climbing with them um that's how I began to learn all the skills necessary to go outdoors. And um, fortunately, I, I did learn a lot of it through my job trip leading for Outdoor Adventures here mm-hmm. at Penn State. But uh, I know most people in this community gain their knowledge through learning it from other people. Yeah, And, definitely. you know, just reaching out to somebody and saying, hey, can you help me learn this? Most of the time will be received well and you'll probably get some yeah. out of it. Um, and even Ken, like, give some amazing resources. Um to kind of like you know talk about like how because the last thing we want to do is gatekeep like outdoor oh of course climbing. yeah um but um one of the ways that you can kind of learn how to build these anchors is that you can attend a gym to crag event um if you are a penn state student i believe outdoor adventures has them like once a semester yes we do once run a, a gym to okay. crag session yeah yeah and especially um at climb Nittany, we also are kind of focusing a little bit more towards educating people who want to go outdoor climbing we've had um multi-pitch kind of like events where we talk about multi-pitching we've had you know how to build anchors we've invited people like ken and like um levitation climbing and north fork adventures to come and teach people how to build proper anchors um so overall like there are ways and you want like we want to like teach people these skills it's just that you can't just like watch a youtube video and go out and no. you know it's not it's not worth it you and know? what i've found too is all the YouTube videos that I've watched, maybe I'm being hypercritical, but there's at least one thing that is kind of weird in every video that I've watched. And mm-hmm. every single video is so different from the next. Yeah. So there's not like one way to, there's not one way that, that people are, are filming themselves, you know, setting up these anchors and teaching people how to repel over YouTube. Every person does it so differently. Mm-hmm. And that's another part of outdoor climbing is understanding what works with your style best and with, with the gear that you have. Cause there are a bunch of different ways to go outside and to set yeah. up these systems, mm-hmm. but you know, doing one thing that works for someone's set of gear might not be the best way that you can do it. Um, and so 
that's why going with somebody who has similar gear to you or Mm -hmm. can teach you in the best way possible um, helps you to figure out how you can go about going outdoors in the best way and yeah you know tailor it to your style yeah definitely um i i 100 agree with that and like even though like i haven't been taught like how to properly like build an anchor like just kind of having people like and we're going to talk about this more and like the meat and potatoes not the meat and potatoes but like the body of our our episode today um what it is kind of like to be like in that more vulnerable position where you have to like trust your friends and be like all right, is this is this gonna help me? Is yeah. this gonna keep me alive? Yeah. Carolyn you know? trusted my knowledge this Bear past with- weekend <laughs> when we and some friends went outdoor climbing. I, I think, I mean, I have been to that crag before, and so I felt yeah. very confident setting things up. But I completely understand mm-hmm. the perspective of you have no idea what was just like. It just looks like you're suspending your life from a rope, and it's kind of crazy. It literally, so. looked like there was a figure eight attached to a rock at the top, and like a little <laughs> also like. Like the carabiners, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, we set something up called a natural anchor um, okay. because there weren't any bolts in the yeah. rock already. And mm-hmm. if there were bolts, you could set up something called a quad, mm-hmm. uh, which is just a, a like a lesser impact way to climb because you don't need a big static line. Um, mm-hmm. I digress, but yeah, the point is I completely understand how it can feel climbing on something that you didn't set up yourself and you're wondering you know how safe is it or how strong is it or even like for me like if i like if i was building my anchor for the first time i'd probably just like take a big backpack full of rocks and just like wait it on the thing for like 10 minutes just to see how it would do oh i see what you're saying (laughs) you mean like 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 okay yeah like clip the rope to it yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) that's um but yeah overall um please especially to our penn state students and to our um you know, to our community here in State College, um, we want y'all to be, um, we want risks to be managed. Um, obviously, climbing is dangerous, but, like, don't do things that put your life in a really, really sketchy position. Um, yeah. Do, Basically, not, be smart. That's our advice yeah, to you. <laughs> be smart. Um, do not fuck around and do not find out. Um, do not play stupid games and win stupid prizes, essentially. All right Um, what's in the tent that is what i've named the body note portion of our podcast today because we just went camping and we were in a tent Mm -hmm. and carolyn made what did you make for dinner for everybody buffalo mac and cheese yes so good it was actually really good it was very spicy and very cheesy which are two things that i like so i appreciate the buffalo mac and cheese thank you thank i had to carry a whole box of velveeta mac yes and cheese. you did choose to do that though so i don't feel bad for you but you but I, it was much appreciated when you yes. did bring the mac and cheese box <laughs> um so yeah uh basically what happened is that a couple like about a month ago, I was talking with everybody from on our exec board for the club climbing, uh, for club climbing, and I said, "Hey guys, hey Carolyn, <laughs> we should go on a camping trip." <laughs> to which I immediately said, "Okay, we're doing this. I'm planning the whole thing because we camping is the best." And we were in a car too. I remember this this conversation specifically. Like we were in a car, and I was like, "Guys, what's your like most free week?" And you guys were like, 
October 7th. Yes. <laughs> so. That was the week that I, I was like, this is the only thing I can do because I'd triplet otherwise. <laughs> Pretty much. And then, like, of course, we have we have games. Um, yeah. Next week is the Minnesota whiteout game. And then the week after is the, straight out, the stripe out with Ohio State. Mm-hmm. So we decided to go camping this week. It was a very fun trip. Where did we go? So we, we go? went to a spot uh, right along the um, Appalachian Trail um, in Maryland called Annapolis Rocks. Um, has a really beautiful overlook mm-hmm. and some moderate to advanced climbing. I think the the lowest grade is like a 5.7, then it goes up to like 5.12 trad. Um, so depending on what your skill set is, there's definitely something for everybody there. Um, how did you feel? Was this your first time outdoor climbing, Caroline? No, or, it was my second. Oh, it was your, se- your second yeah, time. Second okay. How time. did you How did you like the crag? It was very cool. I I loved um that little five twelve route that like you obviously did not do, but like yeah. you could see you, you could, could see, see it. where it was. It like, looked cool. It was the coolest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> um, it looked like something like like if you were like in like a Hunger Games movie and you had to like find some like big shelter for like a group <laughs> that you had it was like the most natural overhang yeah if we could camp right there underneath that overhang i think it'd be the happiest person on earth yeah that would be cool but be so unfortunately it's not the best for for the area but yeah i yeah. think that you know ideal world yes but mm-hmm. you know um but yeah it was a super fun fit trip um we drove about three hours to um one of our exec board members houses stayed there for the night got breakfast and then left for um, left for uh, the Appalachian Trail. Yeah. Um, had a, about an hour and a half hike um, with 40-pound backpacks. Backpack, yeah. <laughs> is that, okay, that was, have my, you, that was your first time hiking with like a, like a backpack, backpack on. That, yeah, nice. The big girl backpack on. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that, the first time I remember ever like truly backpacking <laughs> like with basically everything that I needed to survive on my bag <laughs> like on on my back it was certainly an adjustment period that's for oh, sure yeah. dude <clears throat> there um, was there was one point where we were going up that big set of steps um yeah like the first 30 minutes of the hike and my whole bro my ass hurt <laughs> like not even like Glute workout not even like my my quads or like my hamstrings no just like it was like one part of like like it was it was awful i felt like That's i was funny. dying and then you guys were like all right let's go and then <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because i was also on point and for those of you who've never seen me in real life i'm the shortest person yes caroline in- is a is a good old hearty <laughs> five foot oh <laughs> um, yeah it was it was definitely like i was swinging my arms Using you're doing great. You're you're uh, keeping pace. Hoorah, Joe instructor. <laughs> <laughs> um, but overall, it was a good time, especially like once we made it to the to the tent, and you were mm-hmm. like, "Hey, you packed your thing wrong." Well, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, the most effective way to pack a backpack is to put the clunkiest, heaviest things at the bottom first, because that way that. it sits on your <laughs> hips. But yeah, when we got back to the to the camp, I picked Carolyn's bag up, and it was. Like, I, like, almost fell over because it was so lopsided. Like, she had all this crap dangling outside her backpack. And I was like, like, I didn't want to say anything. But at the same time, I was like, there's a much more effective way to pack this. my backpack? I don't. I, was, it, I, was it as we were leaving the car? I don't remember. <laughs> it, I just remember picking it up and being like, wow, this is completely unbalanced. <laughs> to be fair, trip leader, you did not give me instructions. I'm sorry. I didn't want to, like... I didn't want to like <laughs> mansplain, but like for like for lack of a better term, like I didn't want to like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I didn't want to like seem like you were not doing your own thing, but but yeah. Um, no, it was but a good time. Yeah, it was it was fun, and I think 
taking some of our exec team members who climb mostly in a gym i think Mm -hmm. it was a it was really cool to see how how the how they really responded like super well and positively to being outdoors oh yeah this kind of you know leads into what we're going to talk about today Mm -hmm. and classic conversation around indoor versus outdoor climbing yeah 100 percent you know I love bringing people on trips, which is why I do what I do for my job, because mm-hmm. people don't have access to the outdoors as much. Um, and seeing seeing how excited people get from coming from, you know, an indoor gym space to an outdoor crag is really cool. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, our, our camping trip just kind of got me thinking about this, this conversation about um, climbing, you know, becoming into more of a you know global media light right it's mm-hmm. it's in the olympics you know indoor climbing gyms are popping up everywhere yeah definitely. and the first time people are climbing are in those gyms and there are not yeah, outdoors definitely. and that's 100%. very different from how you how like you know back in the 70s even in the 80s yeah um you know the the gym was not the first spot that people would learn to climb no. um and so because of this a a debate for lack of a better word a conversation it's kind of a debate yeah has has kind of come up within the climbing community around which form of climbing um is better should be practiced more yada 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 um and so yeah we're we're just going to talk about that Mm -hmm. discussion today um we're going to present both perspectives um how outdoor climbing is seen and how outdoor climbers are seen mm-hmm. and then uh on the flip side how indoor climbing is viewed and then how indoor climbers are seen and we're just gonna talk about this and kind of you know give our opinions on the conversation mm-hmm. definitely so um just to give kind of like for what for lack of a better term like what our perspectives perspective perspectives are um i am a very much soul indoor climber um i've really only ever climbed indoors up until i want to say like eight months into like my climbing journey was the first time i ever went outdoors at donation rock and it was like a very like not intense experience but like it was definitely like weird because you know when you go in a gym you have these cute little plasticky covered holds that they're easy to see they're easy to see (laughs) and there's a direct route and the only thing that really you have to work on is like technique whereas outdoors you have to worry about rocks you have to worry about you know you can't see the holds that you're going to you have to make sure that you're staying on the right route you have to you know, make sure that you're wearing, you know, helmets and making you, your head bumps into stuff a lot. Oh, it does. In, in outdoor climbing. Definitely. Significantly more than indoor climbing, <laughs> which is strange. Yeah. But still, yeah, having like all those additional factors like outside, like definitely like I want to do a lot more and it's super fun. But at the same time, like it's, it's dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, that's definitely an interesting perspective mm-hmm. for you to share because while I did start my climbing journey in the gym mm-hmm. indoors, if I were to pick either indoor or outdoor climbing, I would definitely pick outdoor climbing. Oh, same. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, you know, where I find the most enjoyment out of climbing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do these outdoor climbing trips and then come back into the gym and kind of just like sit on the crash pad and like, not pout but be like oh, i wish i was outside yeah. again like it's you know it, it's not by any means that the, that the gym is less in my mind than outdoor climbing mm-hmm. they're they're just two very different things and, and both bring you know pros and cons to the sport right yeah definitely. um yeah so 
the way that I thought it would be best to maybe structure this conversation would be de- would be to just talk about generally what each group is focused on mm-hmm. um, with keeping in mind that we're going to kind of talk about the extremes of both cases and that we recognize most climbers have a very um, like middle ground view of everything. Like, w- yeah. like we don't we don't at all hate either form of climbing. No, right? like, like just, just because you go outdoor doesn't mean indoor sucks. Right. Yeah. That is not at all what we're going to talk about here. Yeah. And um, I, I think, too, like for most climbers, like once they go outdoors, they realize how much like they're in outdoors. Like they realize how much their indoor climbing improves. That um, Yeah, I like, have. That's that's a good point. And same with indoor, too, because indoor, like you can kind of practice. There's a lot of, you know, especially in terms of like 3D modeling or especially what's coming out with like, you know, we talked about over the weekend and this is not featured on climbing news section, but like those solely dual text like holes. Yeah. Like there's so many things that you can replicate, um, that are outdoors indoors now. Um, so there's pros and cons and both teach each other something about the other. Um, so, but we just kind of want to, wanted to have a little discussion about like what these differences are, how nuanced they are and what we can kind of, what they can kind of bring to the table essentially. For sure. All right. Do you want to tackle indoor or outdoor, Karen? I'll tackle indoor. <laughs> All right. Go for it. Um, so for the more indoor group, um, obviously, we, ha- we we talk about this almost every time on our podcast is, you know, the biggest kind of like climbing, like, you know, showcase is on indoor climbing um, where you have these plastic holds um, and there's a lot of emphasis on, you know, pushing your grade boundaries. There's emphasis on peak physical fitness and, of course, the titles and the medals. Um, many people, and in fact, especially as we're getting later and later into the 21st century, um, are learning how to climb indoors mm-hmm. before they go outdoors. Yes. Where, you know, um, oftentimes there's a lot more regulation. There's a lot more risk management. There is, you know, lots and lots and lots of, training and like emphasis on risk management and to some extent safety um but obviously it's still dangerous no matter where you go yeah outdoor similar in the sense that you want to discover new things but more general in the sense that outdoor climbing is mainly focused on like the purest natural form of the sport how Mm -hmm. it was originally intended um rock climbing is about rocks and the rocks are outside right Mm -hmm. um a lot of really hardcore outdoor climbers or alpinists will try first ascents on large mountains and large yep. peaks around the world. Yep. Um, and the the sole rooted intention behind all of this is to explore unknown places. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that comes with a large wealth of knowledge that you need to do that, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that is kind of what sets outdoor climbing apart from indoor climbing is the amount of knowledge that you need to have to be able to do outdoor climbing and outdoor alpinism right Mm -hmm. um you know you can go to your indoor climbing gym and as long as you know how to belay and use a device Mm -hmm. you're pretty much set right yeah for the most part um but you know with outdoor it comes knowing how to use gear properly knowing what type of gear is best understanding Mm -hmm. you know weather conditions and the conditions that you're going to be going into how to prep food how to you know, be hygienic in the outdoors, mm-hmm. right? Like there's a there's a whole other set of things that come with the outdoor the outdoor mindset. And I think that in itself is a challenge that people who like to outdoor climb more so than indoor climb really like. Mm-hmm. Um and that's that again is all rooted back in the the call to want to explore unknown spaces. Yeah, definitely. 
But one thing that I really did like that you said was about um, how indoor climbers kind of like like that variety that, you know, you need to carry with you on the wall. Because even like I said it multiple times, like throughout like the whole camping trip, I was like, I feel like a survivor. Like uh, I'm right. surviving the zombie apocalypse. That's so funny. And, and, like, and to me, we were just camping. Like, yeah, we're just camping. Like, OK, like it's, you know, no different than any other day. But yeah. to people who don't do that, it's like, oh, my God, this is Armageddon. This like is Armageddon. we need to we need to pack for the worst. And I'm like, no, we're going to to be in a tent for one day like you yeah. need like maybe a pair of shorts and a t-shirt like a pair of shorts <laughs> thank god we didn't do that <laughs> we, After a we cold. slept in that goddamn frost advisory <laughs> we, were, we were all cuddling up it was fine you literally woke up and you were like can we all agree that that was the worst sweep we've ever gotten in our lives i did say that <laughs> i think i got one hour of sleep but i think yeah. it's because everyone was kind of shifting around because we we Set up the tent on a slope, which probably wasn't the best thing in hindsight. It isn't the best thing. When you want to set up a tent, you want your service to be as flat as possible. But our campsite was a bit sloped. Um, and the whole night, we would just, like, slide, slide. downhill <laughs> into Chris, yeah. who was sleeping all at, like, at our feet. And then mm-hmm. we would, like, try and, like, you know, shimmy on back up. But didn't really work too well. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah um, but for even, like, for me, like, uh, I think... There's a very popular saying amongst climbers, who, especially those who start indoor climbing first. Everybody's always like, well, if I remember on a cliff, like I want to be able to survive. I want to be able hmm. to like, like climb over the cliff. And that's how I started too. I was like, I'm going to be able to survive if I ever fall off a cliff. <laughs> you see 2012, I am, you know, putting one hand over like dramatic movie scene and I'm running over the plane. Like I'm running back to the plane. Yeah. But like, dude, we, okay, so we climbed, um, what, do you know what that one route was called outside? Which the one? First the, one. First the first one. one. So I don't actually know the actual name that is on Mountain Project. But it's basically to the far right of the big overhanging cliff. Yes. Um, and it, it has like a little bit of, of roof before you get, it, it has like a little mini roof. Yes. And y'all did it fine. Y'all like cruised through it. I got up there. And I, I was lost. I think I, was, I think that was also a height thing, right? And, I, and yeah. I, I don't mean to make this about height because people hate talking about height and climbing, like, you know, <laughs> tall person beta or whatever. But, I mean, there was, a, like, a good three-foot stretch of, like, just slab. Oh, yeah. And, like, if you couldn't reach above the slab, you're kind of, like, missing out a little yeah, bit, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, and then, like, once I got over that, I was like, I am not surviving no goddamn cliff. If I ever <laughs> have to, like, get The over. gym has failed me. The I cannot survive a cliff. Me. Um... But yeah, like even like stuff like that, like there's so many um, kind of things that you don't really realize like outdoors and it's like, it's cra- it feels super cool like, yeah, when you're doing it. You're totally, like, totally. Real rocks, you know, mm-hmm. not no plastic things. In terms of like, how did these groups like, especially perceive each other? Obviously, like I think all of us have thought about like, if I ever have to climb a cliff, I'm going to survive um, or fall off a cliff, I should say. Um, but definitely, I know for indoor people, oftentimes like what you see is that they often see those who climb outdoors is like a little bit you know standoffish or like kind of like the gatekeepers of like yeah I've, I've definitely heard mm-hmm. some of the older not in our specific community but mm-hmm. just like generally through news and through social oh, media yeah. that um people who grew up with the sport mm-hmm. you know in in its early days feel a little bit um aversion mm-hmm. to the fact that climbing has become mainly well mainly is the wrong word to use but it, it has a, a very large presence in the media mm-hmm. surrounding the plastic walls right yeah definitely. and to them that is taking away from what climbing is and it's mm-hmm. it's not it is 
while it is rock climbing to them, it's it's not what rock climbing should be, right? Yeah. Um, and you know that is that that gatekeeping attitude, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, we want to keep our sport sacred and special, and we don't want you know the popular, you know, the popularity of the sport growing and yada yada yada. But yeah. I think that is how some outdoor climbers can be perceived to the indoor community because of the fact that they feel a very sacred connection to the sport 100%, they get yeah. that through being outdoors right mm-hmm. yeah definitely um and even like especially because i've also worked in the gym like there also kind of is a stereotype around, around like outdoor climbers doing things differently and like i used to kind of kind of perceive it as more of like doing things sketchy hmm, but then over over kind of over time i've definitely learned that there are decent ways to do things. There's bad ways to do things. There's good ways to do things. And there's, you know, better ways to do things. And especially, like, these climbers who have been climbing for years, like, I'd see things that were a lot different and, to me, looked very sketchy. But, you know, definitely through, like, the advising and through, like, the mentorship of, you know, my bosses at my at my job, they've been like, these things that you're seeing are, like, you know, they're not ideal because you, you witness, like, certain things. But they're still like they still do the job. It's just less effective Um, or it's just like how people have always done them. And I'm actually taught like if someone is coming into a gym and doing something like a very old fashioned technique, I'm I'm prone to say slip slack slide, but that's not even like that old fashioned anymore. I don't even know what that is. Slip slack slide? You don't know what slip slack slide is? Slip slack slide? Yeah, it's a boy boy technique. Is that like wait i don't know what it is <laughs> so um <laughs> if you for our viewers who've never seen uh any type of boy technique we use p-bus right for for or break under slide correct right. yeah it's it's what people use oh, when see. they first had huh. um belay devices um jj uses it when belaying me on lead um which is the first time i've ever seen slip slack slide on I've, lead belay. I've literally never even heard of it yeah um but a lot of people in the gym like if you see people kind of like going in an up position and then holding the brake strand up with with one hand and then sliding their hand down and kind of like doing this this kind of motion where their hand goes up towards their wrist to meet like their break hand the, yeah to meet their uh, break hand interesting yeah um how do you recommend like to your viewers to go look up some video old school videos of people belaying um but it kind of evolved after like hip belaying and like hmm, you know okay. leg friction belaying um because the position for that would be up because if you did it down the rope would go back into the hip and behind you so when when you would belay people in you know, in the 70s and 80s when belay devices did not exist, mm-hmm. your break, your break when the rope went behind your hip, it would be up. So essentially, like if I'm right, you, you, you would you would like hip or butt belay. Yeah, hip or right. butt belay. Right, right, yeah, right. Essentially. So it, it came kind of after that and after, you know, the tube style belay device was invented, which gave people yeah, so much Yeah, that's interesting because hip belaying is still used in alpinism. Is it? A little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, when I did my attempted ascent of the grand teton which didn't happen because of weather oh okay. and i was like yeah no I, I i didn't get up because of weather um and I, I i did this through uh like a climbing company so oh, I, okay. I, I did not have the knowledge i needed i was there as a participant mm-hmm. um but we were taught how to hit belay because you would be basically belaying people from above that that, mm-hmm. that are climbing to meet you and you're at the top mm-hmm. so that's just an interesting thing that it kind of translates into the gym a little bit, I'm yeah. hearing. Um, but yeah, even like, wait, going back to like what we were saying, like, um, I would see those techniques like slip, slack, slide and, you know, kind of like other old school kind of things um, 
that I wasn't really too familiar with. And it's just kind of one of those things where I had to be, you know, like corrected and be like, hey, like these things, like you're, you're valid in seeing them as like you're not the norm, but they're still effective. Mm. They're not as yeah. effective as they are today. Interesting. As we have new techniques today, but they're still good. People have been using them for, for sure. thousands of years. And it's better, especially like if it's an older person too, don't teach them anything different because then you increase the kind of like, you increase the level of like um, failure because mm-hmm. they have to switch. Hmm. So it's better to just kind of like let the outdoor folks like do what they do as long as, you know, certain guidelines are being followed, like always keeping the hand on the brake strand, you know, content communication, stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's mm-hmm. a really interesting segue into how the outdoor climbing community could potentially see indoor climbing community um, as kind of like don't mess with my setup kind of thing right they mm-hmm. they they see you know again vast sweeping conclusions extremes we're talking about here yeah, right yeah, this yeah. is not every outdoor climber mm-hmm. um <clears throat> but you know indoor can be seen as you know those those climbers that care about the attention they care about you know if you're not doing something completely correct or my way it's the wrong way right mm-hmm. it's like my way the highway kind of mindset um mm-hmm maybe seeing indoor gym climbers as like competing solely in indoor competitions and therefore only care about accolades and medals mm-hmm. right and it, it, it's that that broy mindset right yeah, like if definitely. you you know those you like you see those people at their crag who show up and they're loud and they you know think <gasps> think like they know what they're doing streams, well yeah. not even that but they're just like at their crag they're blasting music oh, they're they're, they're yeah. being disrespectful mm-hmm. they have yard sailed all of their crap all over the crag oh, right it's like <laughs> It's like the outdoor climber's worst nightmare is mm-hmm. those people who don't know what they're doing, who mm-hmm. think they know what they're doing, showing up and ruining nice spaces, right? That's, yeah, that's very um, true. And I think similarly to how indoor climbers have a misguided conception that outdoor climbers do things their way mm-hmm. and they refuse to learn other ways, mm-hmm. you know, there, there, there could potentially be a, a misguided mindset about indoor climbers that they are incapable of learning outdoor or they um you know have that that bro-y like yeah I can I can push the grades because I'm a good climber and I don't Mm -hmm. need to have people tell me what I need to do kind of thing you know and so Mm -hmm. I think those two mindsets kind of have butt heads in the past Mm -hmm. and of course these are both extremes and we we do see them but I think on the whole most people tend to be very in the middle about how they view climbing and either group is very open to learning things about the other group i think yeah definitely i know especially for me like hearing like outdoor climbers kind of talk about like their expeditions or even like watching um kind of like those more we watched that one documentary at like at your place um about those people climbing in, in antarctica like just kind of like having fun and like it's so like you can learn like as an indoor climber i learned a lot from like people who climb outside and just kind of like like i i wonder yosemite knot from some guy because um i was at the gym working one time and this guy comes in i won't say his name he's actually we're actually like pretty we're pretty on like a talking paces now but like I, the first time i saw him he was like a very he had like his still like his whole like yosemite get up on his harness and i was like uh-oh <laughs> like like you mean he had his his full outdoor rack on full his harness rack. oh wow yeah um mostly just quick draws but still yeah um 
but he did a Yosemite finish on his figure eight. Um, and for those of you who don't know what a Yosemite finish is, it's basically where you take the tail end mm-hmm. of yeah. your um, figure eight knot and you stick it kind of in the hole in such a way that it aligns with the figure eight. So that way it just yeah. stays out of you your You basically way. tuck and it in so it goes out of the yeah. way. Yeah. Um, and he tucked it in and I was like, what is that? <laughs> and he was like, it's a Yosemite finish. And I was like, that sounds like the fakest thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> That's really interesting. Yeah. yeah, I guess. I guess. Yeah. The the first time I did see that, my first reaction was the tail is not long enough. But then I realized it was tucked in, and I was like, oh, I I want to learn more about that. Yeah. Um, and I think um, this is a great example of just misunderstanding between oh, yeah. the two groups, right? No, yeah, no, definitely. It was definitely one of the like once Mike explained it, and then also like once I learned like mm-hmm. in my actual lead class, like, hey, this is the Yosemite finish. Like you don't have to do it while weed climbing. Um, but it can help keep your rope up out of the way so that mm-hmm. you don't accidentally clip your tail end of the right. rope into the yeah. into the clip. Um <laughs> it's really <laughs> that'll cool. be wild. Wow. Clipping the tail end into a quick draw, how'd that even happen? I'm not saying no, but I do say that I have very long tail end <laughs> Oh dear! <laughs> I didn't do it on. I didn't do it while I was climbing. I did it while I was on the ground, like practicing the clip. Ah, uh, okay. Well, yeah. that was when you're still learning, so yeah, that's um, better. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just one of those, like, um, kind of like those culture breaks or mm, those culture, mm-hmm. like, uh, what are the what do they call those culture shocks? Culture shocks. Yes, correct. Um, culture shocks that I had. Um, in terms of outdoor climbers, right. Um. So, yeah, like, you know, stuff like that, like, we can all learn from each other, I think. Um, outdoor climbers, I think, can learn, you know, kind of. I Yeah, I, I, I think outdoor climbers can gatekeep less. Yeah. And, I, and <laughs> I'm, I don't say that because I've experienced outdoor climbers mm-hmm. not wanting to share the sport, but there is. Um, there are people out there. And you there are people them. out there, and that mm-hmm. you know, you hear about them through social media. Mm-hmm. Of of they they hate the fact that new people who have only climbed in a gym want to go outdoors because yep. they're going to ruin the space. They're not going to respect it. Mm-hmm. They're not they're, they're not going to understand the spirit behind why people climb outdoors. And yeah. I think that's a fundamentally wrong assumption because I think mm-hmm. anyone who wants to get into climbing outdoors starts from square one, right? Mm-hmm. Like. If you think about where you started when you first started climbing, everyone is a rookie yeah. at some point, right? And so mm-hmm. gatekeeping and, and keeping keeping the outdoor world inaccessible to people who want to get into it is not the best thing to do. And, and mm-hmm. wall climbing is becoming super popular, um, and that could lend itself to outdoor spaces potentially becoming ruined mm-hmm. because people are going into those spaces not knowing what they're doing. Yeah. I think this is an amazing opportunity for people in the outdoor community to really step up as leaders and yeah. and teach and be educators mm-hmm. rather than, you know, turning their noses up and, and their heads away and, and not wanting to do anything to help people get into the sport because people mm-hmm. will get into the sport yeah. whether or not hardcore outdoor climbers want it, want to or not. And I think I think what can be done there is just have, you know, outdoor climbers help educate people who want to get into it just as as well as possible so that we can all make make sure we have good ethics around how to how to treat outdoor spaces yeah definitely and i think like you know something that indoor climbers can kind of you know talk about too is just kind of like learning like the stories from our from like our fellow outdoor climbing friends like you know they do have really good experiences that we can learn from. They have, you know, knowledge that, that we don't necessarily have in terms of, you know, not only like the terms of like, you know, how to properly outdoor climb, but also like 
things that you know are needed outdoors that kind of like, like kind of like root reading or like you know um like on-siting techniques that they use that can be really beneficial to us mm-hmm. in improving our um climbing a little bit more so there is a lot of things that we can both do to kind of promote the sport um amongst each other it's yeah kind of totally like, um have to get you know over that like kind of like boundary yeah know? i think i think again it's it's just the the misconception that one group doesn't want to help the other group right mm-hmm. and i think now like coming from an indoor climber perspective i think seeing outdoor climbers as you know these these larger than life scary mm-hmm. kind of standoffish people is not how we should view outdoor climbers mm-hmm. because in my experience i've only met people who want to help teach and yeah. educate right and mm-hmm. so i think being an indoor climber do not feel afraid to reach out to your mm-hmm. local crag expert right yeah um because that's that's how you're going to get the best knowledge right yeah, if definitely. you if you are afraid or you feel that the outdoor community is avoidant of of wanting to help you mm-hmm. um just because that's a perception that you have and not because you've actually asked and then you go mm-hmm. and learn the improper technique on youtube and yep. then go injure yourself yep you ha- you know it, that would be on you to to, to not explore the fact that the outdoor climber community is actually very receptive and very helpful Mm -hmm. so my advice for indoor climbers Mm -hmm. would be to go talk to that person who you want to know more knowledge from and and i think they will be very receptive in helping you get outdoor so yeah definitely um and also like um this kind of goes back to like our trip too but like find people who you trust as well like if you're at like a gym and you see kind of like that that older climber or like that more a traditional climber or outdoor climber you know just like with their buddies and you know talking about stuff like don't be afraid to go say hi don't be afraid to kind of like make friends um with those people who you don't really you know interact with too much um because especially like in terms of like us you know like when we went climbing together like and especially like when i went climbing at donation with like devin and hamdan and also with andrea like you got to put your life on the line too like and i don't think it's it's also like you know it's something that like an elephant in the room in the room that we should like recognize too that you're you got to trust the people that you know yes. you're 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 trusting to help teach you this knowledge so don't be afraid to like if someone is giving you a red flag, don't ignore those red flags. You Definitely. Know? If someone, if you think that, you know, this might be sketchy, ask questions. And not only ask questions to the person, but ask questions to, like, you know, your local your, your local gym staff or, like, your local or Google stuff. <laughs> you know, Reddit is a great option sometimes. But um, <laughs> Is Reddit a great option? <laughs> but overall, like, what's the system of that? But, like, you know, ask questions, too. Like, don't be afraid to ask questions um, in terms of, like, is this really like a good anchor or is this like good boy technique or am I clipping correctly? You know, what are things like back clipping? What are things like Z clipping that I'm hearing my outdoor friends or my leading friends talk about, but like, I don't really know what I'm doing. Ask those questions. You know, at the end of the day, like we don't want to see anybody get hurt. We don't want to see anybody pushed away from climbing because of a near accident. Simply because you didn't reach out. Right. I think, so I think, Mm -hmm. you know, moral, moral of the story in this discussion is, Both groups, while very different in style and mm-hmm. in in motivation for why they do what they do, mm-hmm. are also very similar in motivation, right? Mm-hmm. Just the, the love of climbing, right? Yeah. C- connects definitely. both groups. And I think having a more open mindset around the members in your community who climb both outdoor and indoor is beneficial because yeah. everyone can learn a lot from everybody, yeah, right? Definitely. And I think if we're, you know, helping climbing as a sport in on like as a whole kind of you know move into the next chapter that it's seeing right now um 
you know, it'll be more beneficial than us coming at it from, you know, two different headspaces of one is better than the other, yeah. in my opinion. Definitely. Overall, that concludes our episode. Um, feel free to check us out on social media. Um, we have a Twitter that is twitter.com slash crag underscore gals. Um, we will also have our first Instagram, our first, ins- we'll have our Instagram up by the time this episode comes out. I'm not sure what it's going to be yet, but we'll have our Instagram up. Feel free if you want to read any of the climbing news stories that we talked about in this episode, in the description of this episode. Um, and overall, um, have fun while climbing. Yes. Climb outdoors or climb indoors. Um, and overall, have a good week, guys. Keep on climbing. Keep on climbing. Bye-bye.